back to that TikTok hobbyist. If you're just joining us, uh, yes, and I mean us. It is me, your host, as always, Dave, here at that TikTok hobbyist, as well as my buddy Recon. Say hello, Recon. Recon. I mean, hey, man, just just roll with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So today's subject, uh, it is kind of a very serious one. And I'm stressing this because of the fact that it does happen to a lot of us, including myself, including you. Um, and maybe that it was a good time that we talk about this subject. And it was brought to me by our buddy Greg, the uh, not that Aussie man Osborne. And he writes, hey, Dave, I hope you and the missus are doing well this Thanksgiving. I've been evaluated for having late onset schizophrenia and had made it me think that an episode on mental health and how it can affect your hobbies and how hobbies can help with mental health would be a great topic to cover because I can tell you I've developed issues with cognitive function and mental health over the last year or so and building and painting miniatures have become more difficult and when offered to game with my friends, I tend to bail out. When, I go, when I'm going to cons, I can't fully enjoy it because my mind goes to places that aren't real. This even happens when I try to hang out on local shops. Um, and considering that mental health and hobbies can kind of be that kind of gateway to either helping one's mental health or an escape from one's mental health is very, very important. And thank you, Oz, uh, Greg, for bringing this to our attention. So this is definitely a good subject for us to talk about. This is actually one of my favorite subjects to talk about. I mean, for me personally, um, hobbies have always been that kind of getaway. You know, you jump into a game, you go over to a local shop, or you just log in online, or just even on an back in the day literally just firing up your playstation 2 and just playing over and over like a game that you've been just diving so much into you you tend to kind of push those mental thoughts away and kind of just go like you know what i'll i'll handle those when i get the chance it's a nice little escape from it but at the same time it can also affect your focus and really help either develop into even more problems if they're not taken care of and they're not addressed with someone that you trust or maybe a trusted professional or or else. I mean, honestly, I've seen a lot of either way how it could be a benefit and also a detriment to anyone who's dealing with this. What do you think? So first of all, Greg, I want to thank you for just going ahead and I know this might sound weird, but go ahead and establishing that healthcare. Because one thing, you know, that we were taught, especially coming from me being in the military, was we were always taught you never go see mental health help, that, you know, it's a sign of weakness. If anybody has ever told anybody that, you need to shut the hell up. Yep. It's not a sign of weakness. It's not. It really isn't. <laughs> it's being honest with yourself at all times. Exactly. So for hobbies, hobbies have been my escape. Um, I have PTSD that, you know, is a combination with anxiety, depression, sort of a mix of the two with some anger issues. Um, and my hobbies have really helped me bring stuff under control. Now, am I always in the mood to do my hobbies? No, that's normal. And, and it's, yeah, right, because it's what I tell people, if you, if you don't feel like doing your hobby that day or that moment don't do it don't force yourself to do it because that's something that has brought you joy if you want to keep it bringing you joy you don't have to you don't need to make it feel like it's a chore that i have to do this for my mental health well i mean even if for anyone who's dealing with any sort of even latent depression anger anxiety like just having that outlet when you feel like there is no outlet for it. It does seem like more of a band-aid after a bit because you don't really feel that if you don't have that, you're just not able to really do anything or talk to anybody 
it starts to becoming where you feel a little bit more isolated, or at least in my nature of how I've dealt with my mental health issues. And I'll just put it on the table. I suffer from onset depression. Uh, I have small bits where I have PTSD, heightened paranoia, and it's very hard for me to put myself out there, especially speak to anyone about what I'm going through. Um, and this is just me as I'm explaining it. I'm not looking for sympathy or anything like that. I have a, a now more bona fide system now of people and things that I can do to help manage it. But it took many years, many, many years for me to get from where I was when I was suffering in it in silence, when I was misunderstood, when I would run away from issues that might become more hurtful if I stayed and just acted on feelings instead kind of made myself more recluse. Now, in theory, and this only helps with, with some instances that I've dealt with in my life, that when I would seclude myself, it did allow me to kind of grasp the situations that I was dealing with, the feelings that I was dealing with at the time, and it allowed me to kind of come to grips with it. And then there are times when I'm constantly reliving the horrible situation that happened or the feelings that I'm feeling over and over again because I'm an overthinker. It led me to being in a really bad place. So I had to come to the realization that I can't do it all by myself. Even being married, I I was uncomfortable with even sharing my personal feelings with my wife. And she would just see me dive into my hobbies. She would see me really just kind of avoid having to really deal with that. And I used to be just like Regan said, everyone else is going like, oh, it's just a problem in your head. You're, you know, don't worry about this. You don't need to go see a professional. You know what? I was, I was built on that rhetoric in my household. My father was in the army and he eventually just kind of, you know, browbeated that in my head as well as all the adults that I ever dealt with when I was growing up. Like even the therapists that I would deal with because of one thing or another, either from school regulated or family suggesting it, I'd barely talk to them. I would barely open up about things. But when we jumped into board games, card games and stuff like that, that kind of dropped my defenses and allowed me to open up a little bit. So that's just me. And do I still deal with these things even now? Yes. I will be the first one to admit it. Yes. Um, <laughs> name me a person that's got a perfect life or a perfect uh, mindset, and uh, I'll show you a person that literally does his very best to hide it when it doesn't involve other people and he doesn't want to build himself to being that problem for people you know i that's just me uh, and that's a lot for me to actually get to this point to actually admit out here for all of you guys or for what few of you decide to listen to this podcast it's one of those things too it's like you said we we were beat so hard you know that you know man the fuck up you you don't need to go get help you gotta deal with this yourself it's your battle and it it is your battle but in this you don't have to go it alone. And that's a hard thing, I think, for some people as well, is it's a sense of pride, too, that comes with it. Of, I don't want people to view me as weak because I need help. But there's another flip side of the coin to this of don't expect everybody to understand what you're going through. And that's something I had to learn because it goes back to the analogy of medicine is a practice not science because we're all different we all deal with things differently yeah. what might work for one person might not work for another person yeah so and it takes time to figure out what works for you for and me i know that i had to really like come to terms with things and when i didn't come to terms with things i would find something to distract myself um more often than not for you recon how was that for you as you were growing up did you ever have this feeling that when you were dealing with something emotionally or mentally 
that you just kind of needed an escape. Oh boy, this is going to be a fun one. All right, let's let's kids, let's deep dive into early recon. So, as some people know, I was raised by my grandfather, old school brain, graduated basic training on victory in Japan day. Went to Korea, everything else. This man was the old school thing. Escape was not an option. You dealt with your mess. Mm-hmm. Um, so growing up, my es- it wasn't really escape. It was, you know, I had the anger issues with a lot of stuff. That was my mental thing. And mm-hmm. it came down to them going, well, you have problems with authority. It's like now authority has problems with me. Um, and still to this day, it probably does. But that's a different story. Um, <laughs> but it was a lot of learning to control myself. Uh, yeah. Not really an escape, but okay, recognizing I'm in this spot. What do I need to get myself out of this spot? Do I need to go play a game? Do I need to go for a walk? Do I need to go take a hot bath? You know, something to start bringing myself back down to a normal calm state. Because once I got to that calm state, you know, I can rationalize and go, okay, maybe it's not as big of a deal as I'm making it out to be. For me, it was definitely the complete opposite of that. Um, I always, like, from an early age, I just kind of came to this realization that um, if I'm if I'm awake while I'm dealing with this, I either am dealing with it or I need to totally turn off my brain. So I would literally go in and just go to bed or take a nap whenever that would be the case. I would be sitting there going, oh, okay, well, uh, uh, I'm dealing with a thing, either some anxiety or I had a rough day at school or I was just dealing with a whole lot of these negative thoughts that since I didn't have anybody to talk to, especially in my household, uh, I was just like, I'm going to go to bed. And because usually that's when the brain will reset. You'll just kind of calm down and you'll get to that neutral state to where whenever I would wake up, I'd just be like, yeah, you know, I, I saw that problem, but now I'm not feeling that problem. You want to talk about not having anybody in the household to talk to? Imagine being a 13-year-old trying to have a 68-year-old relate to you. Oof. And you live with this person. This person is your father. <laughs> He, yeah. is 50, he is 55 years older than you. Anything relative in your life is just some stupid fad to him. Uh, best example, Pokemon. I was really big into Pokemon when it first came out. I had Blue, you know. I was big into the train card game. Mm-hmm. I had a complete collection of first series cards. Mm-hmm. Old man thought I was wasting my money, threw it all away. So yeah. this is just some stupid Japanese crap fad. It's not going to last more than a couple of years. Hey, Dad, I know you're dead, but uh, it's been almost 20 years now. It's still around and going strong. But uh... yeah, it's these are the things that we, we deal with. Like my father, um, video games wasn't wasn't his thing. You know, uh, anything that was animated, it was just children's cartoons. Um, anything yep. that had to do with uh, actors that he didn't like. Like, my, my father hated Jim Carrey. Absolutely hated Jim Carrey, hated Ron Williams, thought they were just loudmouth idiots that didn't yep, I... know how to make people laugh. They were just doing things to get a rise or, or get a reaction, and they're not real, like, confirmed actors. Like, look at them now. Or Years and years later, what our fathers depicted... Was completely wrong, which means we can't even in our age say, oh, this person is not going to really make it that way. We have no idea. That's why I am. That's why I am very, you know, cautious about telling my children, you know, hey, yeah, this ain't going to amount to stuff. It's like, okay, let's see where it goes. Fair enough. The the only thing I have told anyone younger than me um, is my nephew. My nephew, when... He was still in his early to late teens. He always loved going over to this local card shop that we go to. And I'd be sitting there going, don't, don't be, 
don't be looking at this as this is the best place you want to spend your time or build a career. Just don't do it. And he goes, why? And I said, well, look around you. The same people you see at these tables or across the counter are going to be the same people. They're always going to be either at the counter or at these tables. This is the this is the end game for them. That there is no going up. You know, if you want to build on something, actually have a career in something, look into something that's more practical, something that everybody needs. And that inspired him to go into cooking. And he's a really good cook. Like this boy, you give him a couple of grills, oh, he can he can cook his face off, but he knows his stuff. And eventually he wants to go into culinary school and actually be a damn good chef. And I'm wishing him nothing but the best. But that's the only Absolutely. advice I can be able to say is the fact that only only the, when it comes down to things that I know about, you know, from personally experience, that's that's the only uh, advice I can give. Hey, I personally experienced this, you know, just because my viewpoints might differ from yours. I at least have this experience to help you become more knowledgeable. And that's the only advice I ever try to push down towards people because their mental state, my mental state might be entirely different on how they will handle a situation or handle a hobby for that matter. And ever since jumping in on this app for TikTok or even doing the podcast, like I've, I've seen a plethora of people that I just know that aren't, aren't we're not going to vibe, you know, and that's fine. That's life. Not everybody's going to get along with each other, but as long as you respect each other, you know, that that's at yep. least the baseline. What all people should have is a respect. Now, there are so, those out there that prey on those who have a uh, mental uh, disability or even just a low self-esteem of one's others. And they try to push out these messages that are completely not appropriate. And neither I or Recon will even point that out. But let's just say uh, it's, it's not Yahtzee. Okay, but there yeah. are people out there that will push thinking that it's okay with hobbies that have this depiction that you throw out there. Warhammer is a good example that will try to kind of give off this idea that people who talk about that, you know, it's, it's acceptable. It's not. It's not acceptable. Absolutely not. And anybody who tries to say otherwise, they're no. No, they are one of two things, and neither of them are healthy. So just be very mindful on whatever hobby that you're in that you are keeping yourself safe or you're keeping the people around you safe. Because regardless of how we may personally think, we have no way of depriving anyone of their free will or what they choose to. The only thing we can be able to do is to control ourselves and be mindful of others. That's it. And hey, especially when it comes down to mental health. Yeah. Hey, Greg, share with us. Keep sharing with us your progress with this. Because, you know, you might stumble upon something that works for you that, you know, might not work for me or Dave. But if you've shared it out there with the world, it might help somebody else out. And that's a wonderful thing. Like, he, he even said in the message that he sent to me, he says, I don't mind if you mention me. Uh, on it and I was just like okay cool because I, I was going to keep it to where it was anonymous so that you know he didn't have to feel like he was in a spotlight but you know Greg thank you for for bringing us this topic thank you for having the courage to very much the courage talk about this because it's not easy and I know it probably wasn't easy for you to reach out and suggest this topic um, and <laughs> to 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 show our appreciation that's why we're doing this is because of you you you're the one that helped build this kind of bridge to allow the rest of us to really dive into it even on a personal level oh yeah so i i, I have got to the point in my life i don't mind sharing my journey because i know with me discussing you know 
my journey itself getting to the point where I am sort of mentally now has been a healthy thing. So, like I said, if anything I say resonates or helps somebody else, and if it's just one person, I feel like I have accomplished something. Oh, yeah. Um... If, if it doesn't and somebody just gets entertained, well, then again, I, I feel like I might have accomplished something. So, I mean, mental health is very important when it comes down to this, and that could be for any hobby. And it doesn't just have to be miniatures. It could be card games. It could even be posting on TikTok because you can just get drained when you're trying to think of content ideas. You're thinking of all these different things. Okay, I'm not getting enough views. I'm not getting enough this. And it'll stress. It'll literally stress everybody out to the point to remember. You know, uh, uh, there are those out there who are trying to be content creators and make a living off of it. So if if that's not you, why are you worrying about it? And that's that's kind of like of how I've had to kind of bring myself back because I'm I'm not a content creator that's trying to be famous. I'm a content creator that does it because he enjoys it. And if you want to try to become that content creator, by all means, this is yeah. a plug plug out there. It's about two episodes ago on the unsubscribe con podcast. These are guys that came out of the military and sort of shot their way up the social media ladder and became content creators. And they constantly share of, you know, what they've done along their journey to get where they are. So I here, here's a little mental health break for this. And for some of you, it might hurt some feelings, but it's nothing personal. Those guys that have really became content creators treat it as a full-time job. And there were plenty of times that they were working their regular job, coming home, making videos, content, editing, and getting three or four hours of sleep at night until they made it. So if you want to do it, by all means, I support you. Keep up the strong work. You will do it. But if you're sitting out there and doing it for fun, don't. It, you might become big, but don't expect to. You I, know, it's I the most. So. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things like not getting your hopes up. Yeah. Like, me me thinking I'm going to become a Golden Demon award-winning painter. I love painting in my minis and everything, but that might be getting my hopes a little far up there. See, the, the, the one thing for me was when I got that email early on, and it was with, like, I think it was, like, the first episode that after it aired, I got an uh, a little email from Google saying that, oh, well, yours is trending in the top 25 over in the the UK and I kind of just like wow like I didn't think that could be a thing um but at you're the same on leaderboards that you didn't know existed exactly so <laughs> I just kind of I just disregarded it I was very thankful that I got there but at the same time I was the first person to go oh um thank you shrug tries to continue moving on <laughs> and needless to say both Dave and I really sort of do this as a hobby. This is, oh, not, uh, this is not us out there trying to become the next big thing in the world. It is literally, we are having fun. We're hopefully bringing a little bit of enjoyment to other people's lives. If we were doing this for a living, it would be like, okay, Dave, we've got another episode done. We're going to give an hour break, then we'll come in and shoot another one, and we'd be yeah, doing no. this on repetition. And yeah, yeah, I, 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 gave, I gave up being a content creator like of that nature very early on and everything that I've been doing ever since has been kind of like, am I having fun with it? And when I was doing MTG TikTok full time and that's all my content was and, and featured and, and geared towards, um, I found it very on that not a whole lot of people like my point of view or like the way I built a deck or, you know, just really gave the impression that they didn't see me as a content creator, just some guy in the internet. And it was deflating after a bit. And after a while, I just kind of like kind of sh get shifted gears and moved on to just, I'm going to share my honest opinions. And when you did that, <laughs> let's just say not a lot of people really wanted to hear that, Wizards of the Coast does not care about your feelings. Wizards of the Coast cares about your money. Wizards of the Coast does this and that. And no, nobody wanted to hear any hot takes or anything. Speaking of the evil corporation. Uh, oh, God. 
we we know I've recently well you know the the crowd yeah. doesn't even though I had vowed <laughs> never to spend money at Wizards of the Coast again. I have a bit of a family emergency at the first of the month. Had to go out of town, mm-hmm. and I went to a local game shop by where my family lived, and I had about four or five hours to kill waiting for him to get off work. So I bought a pre-con. <laughs> but what pre-con did you buy? I bought a Warhammer pre-con. I brought I bought Grayfax or Calgar as it's running now. <sighs> And it wasn't bumped up on price either, which was a good okay. thing. All right. Oh no, it was very, it was very much like forty bucks. This. Yeah. Okay, that's that's not bad. Yeah, so... it was brand new in the box, just saying there, and they're like, yeah, no, we don't bump them up. It's the same price as when they came out. We're still selling it. And I was like, okay, I can get behind this. Since we're sidestepping into universes beyond territory again, I'm going to state this again. For those of you who are just finding out my personal standpoint, and it is this. Universes beyond, I feel, personally, was not needed for anything more than reskins of currently existing cards. That is my viewpoint. That is my opinion. I am not stating... Anything more than my opinion. And if you, your opinion, and my opinion do not mix, that is fine. I do not hold any sort of negative connotations or anything towards it. I am stating my opinion. And I've stated my opinion on multiple videos, as well as a couple of different episodes on here, of my feelings on it. So if you need a reference, there's a plethora of it that you can just go on by TikTok and you will find. But. On this I subject, I haven't touched MTG TikTok in quite a while. Thinking well, back on it, I think the last thing I really posted was when Commander's Masters was coming out and we were talking about slivers because I love my slivers. Well, here's the thing now, like, no matter what hobby you're in, it doesn't matter what hobby, there's some form of drama going on, regardless of what hobby it might be. So it's life in general. Exactly. People and opinions and all these different things are going to clash. Anyone who tells you differently, that's your that's your thing, man. Let not for everybody. And I had to come to terms with it. A lot of other people have to come to terms with it. It's it's going to be a thing. It's going to be a normal thing. But as long as everybody's having a respectful conversation, shouldn't be an issue. But for you, the fact that it's a Warhammer 40k uh, product, I'm I'm gonna say uh, out of all the ones that came out, the professor at Tolarian Community College. Hi, I don't know if you listen to our uh, 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 podcast at all, but I absolutely love your work. Been a longtime fan. Would love to have you on the show. Now back to you. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> he he said that it was a fantastic product, and after literally buying two of each of the decks so that I could have one as a collector's item, one that I can break apart and play with. Um, I, I approve. As as much as I have to swallow my words on this, you made a good choice. And I even have some things that I'm going to send to you because uh, we had oh. conversations about this before. Uh, some things that I'm going to send to you as a care package to help you kind of like power it up a little bit. Um, and <laughs> It's just stuff that's just lying around that literally is going to collect dust unless I do something with it. So um, be on the lookout for that. I, I won't lie. I, I was almost, almost tempted to get the uh, Jurassic World secret layer just because. Oh, almost, almost. And it's only, for one, it's, it's only for one card, so I'm just going to wait for it to come out and scoop up the one card. Dinosaurs! I'm run the Dino deck. No. <laughs> oh, you know which card I want. No, I I get it. I do. I want the I want the meme card. The meme card. Okay, I need to know the, which. What do you consider the meme card? The one where they have Jeff Goldblum sitting there with his shirt open and that pose. Ah, you want Tasker of the Golden Fang? I, not not even to play it. I just want to put it up on a little, put it on a nice little card sleeve, maybe in a small frame. And hang it up so I can look at it and go, you know, Wizards, you got the meme. 
It's the only thing I'm gonna give you credit for right now. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna say this right now because if I manifest it out here, it might actually happen. If I ever come by a Jeff Goldblum Tassiker in my lifetime, I'm going to acquire it and I'm gonna make a video with me burning it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just, just so I can trigger you. I might buy two and just send you one. <laughs> I wonder how big I can get somebody to blow it up. So if if you're in the business that can turn cards into almost like life-size posters, let us know because I want this one as a life-size poster so I can send it to Dave. No, don't for the love of God. So I can trigger him. I'm going to get triggered, all right. Um, <coughs> Pardon me. So getting, uh -huh. back to, getting back to subject. Um... So what hobbies did you find were the best to kind of help with anything that might be dealing that you've been dealing with when it comes down to mental health? Like when it comes down to you got something on your mind, you got some stress or some anxiety, like what what uh, hobby kind of like do you gravitate towards? Any more is definitely my Warhammer. And it's not so much the opportunity to get to play as much. Hmm. But my uh, parents very much pushed the arts and crafts on me. Okay. Um, arts, crafts, music. They really pushed the music on me. But they were big into arts and crafts, and I have become big into arts and crafts as well. So me sitting here and painting miniatures, the cool lore that goes with it that I can listen to while I'm doing it, yeah. it really grabbed. And the fact that I can jump into a Discord with some of my friends and we sit here and all talk and paint together. It's therapeutic to me. It's relaxing. Yeah. For me, <laughs> uh, it used to be uh, <laughs> it used to be primarily video games. But since I don't really have that time to kind of focus and be able to devote a lot of time to it, um, it's been magic. Uh, honestly, it is is definitely helped me. And for those of you wondering during this episode. Why does Dave sometimes deal with a stutter? And we are just noticing it now. Um, when I get nervous and I get to the point where I'm I'm talking about something that might be relatively uh, kind of kind of memory kind of reawakening sort of thing. Uh, it's it's like my brain is trying to fight off the memory from taking over and me losing concentration because. Um, with with what I've been dealing with uh, personally, I as only a few people know about it. Like I used to be in love with D and D. I used to have a, a a big passion for it. I owned all the books. Ooh. I know you guys saw that I sold all of those last year. Uh, uh, no, no, not 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 with what wizards pulled recently. No, no, not D and D. No, let's no. Just it was it was a long time ago. It was it was a long time ago. Um, and well, well, I'll let you finish this and then we'll discuss how Wizards has disappointed me yet again. Well, Wizards is always going to disappoint, no matter what you do, all right? That's, that's the oh, bottom no, they, line of it. They, they, they have found new ways. Oh, I'm sure. Every single time, just to make a buck. Um, and, and, it will, and it wasn't with magic this time. Eh, don't worry. Doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever Hasbro's got its grubby fingers in, they're going to screw it up regardless. Um, Sorry, please continue. <laughs> yeah, uh, but thankful for for that, it did kind of help, kind of alleviate. But um, I used to be a big lover of D and D, and I played with a group of friends that I knew locally. And for the first while that we got to know each other, like there was a mutual respect, there was a mutual gathering of joking and stuff like that. But then when you're the uh, DM that hasn't DM'd in a while and you're learning a new system like 5e and you're trying to utilize your creativity and just general storytelling, you can tell when the players are really enjoying themselves and then as time progresses you start noticing they have a, a real fix for it. So what situation happened was we were entranced on a story that I was telling already with a few players, like maybe three to four players. And we had a really good, like small few one shots. 
and they wanted to do a more engrossing story. So we decided we were going to do that. A few of uh, other friends from the same store came around. They had a very large interest in doing it, even though they had their own separate group playing D&D. They wanted to join in. So our group went from four to seven players. And then we got an eighth player who was a forever DM. Oh. And when you're playing at the table with a forever DM who only plays players every once in a while and you have different ideas or different ways of doing things, there was a lot of kickback between the two of us. And then eventually what happened was when the weeks that I wouldn't be DMing, he would be DMing the same group on an entirely different campaign. And this one subscribed to the playstyle of the Matt Mercer critical role playstyle. Like, and don't get me wrong, I I loved the show. I, I say past tense loved the show, but from all the experiences that I dealt with with this player and the players afterwards, it slowly started to degrade to where if I wasn't meeting up to their expectations, if the story wasn't going to the way that they wanted it to, um, they were denied options that they felt were unfair. It started to become more of an argument up to the point where I showed up to DM and I was practically put on the people's court. And mm. the entire time I'm sitting there apologizing for things I shouldn't have had to apologize for. So uh, being upset, I silently cleaned up all of my stuff, packed up, got in my car, and I left. I, from there, just refused to put myself through that ever again. That friend group, of course, disowned, excommunicated, talked shit, all that stuff. And there are things that they would bring up that I spoke to them in private about that they would bring up as insults, or they would reach out to me and say, like, oh, we'll hang out, but... You gotta be this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, because if you piss me off just one more time, practically holding me hostage, um, that's when I felt that it wasn't to my benefit to be in that environment ever again. And D&D &D has always been now a triggering mental issue. Um, I, I refuse to do anything D&D orientated or anything that could be involved as far as something that's not already pre-writ, like, I, I won't touch MMOs. I won't touch any sort of role-playing game that doesn't have a fixed character that, you know, that is going to be on a journey and I can make the choices without having to deal with other people and just kind of me in the room. Um, and even when I was asked later on after many years of possibly, you know, going on and being a DM for other people, uh, all those memories and all the things that that were done, um, they, they keep coming back. I just remember being really upset one night and my wife said something and it kind of, it just triggered me very hard. And I ended up crying profusely, rocking back and forth, screaming things that you should not be saying with your wife sitting right there having her trying to be as strong as possible, calming you down. But that's what I deal with. That's Those are the memories that don't ever go away. And even right now, as I'm talking about it, they, they slowly creep up because of how horrible a situation that I was put in. And these people live out their lives guilt-free. They don't understand the pain that they put on me and made me go through. So... Uh, if ever you feel that I would be fun for D&D &D or anything like that, just know it's nothing you did. It's nothing personal. I just can't do it. And now everyone knows why. I get and, this. I get, I get this. Yeah. I can't say too much because there's been plenty of times that the, my wife has sat there and had to deal with me in similar situations, especially once I first got out of the army. Um, one the hardest part, especially with my stuff was and my mental health was when I first got out of the army. There was a lot of anger there, a lot of depression. Um, 
and a lot of people that you know hurt me and didn't realize that they fucking hurt me. Uh, we had a pretty tight knit gaming community. It, I withdrew myself from it because I couldn't take it anymore. There was there was a lot. The wife literally had at one point in time had to call the cops to keep me from killing myself. I was that far gone mentally. I I had those instances too earlier on, but now I I can kind of turn back the clock and I can kind of dip my toe into those experiences to at least give a broad explanation because I'm not on the internet to try to paint anybody as evil or anything like that or to slander other people. That's just not my thing. Um, yeah. But if people wonder why, like, oh, well, you seem so nice, really like to hang out with you and stuff, I now have issues hanging out with people in public unless it's a controlled space now i i suffer boy, public. i i suffer from social anxiety now being out there you know it, with people and i didn't used to have that problem i used to be able to be able to sit there and talk to anybody and you know if i'm out in the job i'm i'm comfortable i could be able to talk to whoever i need to talk to and kind of bounce things off but if you say, hey, are you, are you going to cons? No. Uh, no. You will never see me at a con. You will never see me at a large gathering of people. I live a very private life. And it's more the fact that my situations kind of curved me into now living by that lifestyle more often than not. And it sucks because... Now I'm limited on what I can do because of a shitty situation that was forced on me by these people that I lived with in, or, or dealt with in the past. But now it's just like, oh, okay, cool. Um, I can never sit down in an area that I'm not comfortable with unless I know where the ex exits are, how many people are around. Can I try to get to a place where it's not going to be so crowded? Um... And if you ever go to a con, like I had in the past, people crowding around you, that's normal. You know, uh, judges watching your games, that's normal. That never bothered me up until now with how I was treated. And even now, online interactions for me is also a problem. And that's an entirely different issue. So when it comes down to me, something that I could be able to go in and check and kind of get information that I need to get to or respond to people that I need to respond to is kind of what I'm comfortable with doing right now. That's that's the that's the baseline. Um, anything more than that, I don't think that's going to be a thing for me for a while until I can get comfortable with it again. Like mm -hmm. I, you you don't see me go to make cons cons anymore. Um, so used to be an EMT before I even went into the army. Dealt with enough stupid people, seen enough stupid mess. Then I went to the army and I saw even more of it. I went around the world to see it. It was a world tour of stupidity. And ever since then, dealing with crowds or anything like that is a absolute no go for me. Yeah. I have left, you know, carts of grocery. I know it's horrible to say, especially since I used to work in a grocery store. I've left carts of groceries because I could not take being in the store zone anymore because. You know, the continuous sensation of, you know, what's around me and the always, all right, too many people in my bubble, I'm going to beat the shit out of someone. You just, you're just putting on heightened alert, like, so much because of the past experiences that you have. Um, it's kind of just put you in this constant state of if you're out in public, you only go out there, you get what you need, you get back to your 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 sanctuary you know and yeah. for for people who are not used to that you know what you you can ridicule it you can mock it you can say whatever it is about it but until you've had that situation happen to you you don't understand it I'm, my, my dad was the same way and i never did when i was younger now that i'm older and been through it i understand 100 percent because i've sort of taken some of the place from out of his playback from back in the day they used to go to the grocery store once a month. 
literally a cart full of food and we wouldn't go back until the next month. I do the same thing now. And it wasn't because, you know, I was a teenage kid that was eating them out of house and home. It was they didn't want to deal with people. And the crazy looks I get from people at the grocery store, especially since now everything's self-checkout, of me having a cart full of food, it's like, yeah, y'all are going to see me now, and you won't see me again for at least another 30 days or more. Yeah. Like, if I go into a store now, I have a goal. I'm going to yep. like laser focus. I'm going to get in. I'm going to get what I need. And I'm going to find the fastest alternative to getting out as fast as possible. And how I deal with it when it comes down to hobby wise, like if I need to kind of just like turn my brain off, I'll, I'll literally abandon my phones. I will literally try to just binge watch a show or I will try to sit down and build a magic deck. And now that I'm kind of like lowering down the amount of stuff that I have, for magic um now it's more of okay let me maybe log into mtgo or arena and just mess around with things let me you know maybe throw on a game that's been in my library to start playing for years <laughs> or months whichever one deciding to buy it um and let me just fire that up like i've just started final fantasy 16 and i'm really enjoying it even though uh a little tidbit here if you're unaware that it literally is a freaking movie for the first, like, couple of hours, yep. get ready, because <laughs> you're about to be on a wild magic carpet ride for two hours of, I've moved my character five spaces, cutscene, for the next 30 minutes. And then, oh, look, an interactive cutscene. Oh, look, now you get to move. Oh, okay, now you can do some fighting. All right, how long? All right, not even 10 minutes worth of gameplay. Now you're back into a 30-minute cutscene. <laughs> it started to just be like, why am I here? <laughs> By the way, we're going to have a cutscene within that cutscene, so oh, my wife pay God. attention. Ah, just. But now I'm, I'm further into the game now, um, but I really am enjoying it. It has been that one thing that I've latched onto because um, it... With everything, uh, <laughs> like I try to sit down at the hobby table and try to uh, open up a model to a hobby with, and it's just there's no driving force behind it. My brain is just, you know, do not pass go. You cannot go past this point. So, okay, what else am I supposed to do? Well, I have a, a bunch of them around me. I might as well pick one and try to go with what works. And this is what seems to work. Um, but I know that's not the, the same for other people. And anyone who's listening to this is probably going like, well, we were on a subject and then we kind of like veered left like a Tarantino film and decided to just go an entirely different direction and then do a whole 360 spin and then up 180 and just here we are. This is the this is where the conversation is. She sucks. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, here we are. We're on topic. Oh, shit. Squirrel. Uh, yeah, ADHD. Uh, what do I suffer from? Well, it's, uh, uh, PTSD, paranoid, uh, uh, problems. Uh, let's see. I deal with depression. I deal with ADHD. I deal with a, uh, emotional instability, which was diagnosed in me when I was younger. So can, can you get the idea that mental health is very important if you're not aware on how to address it? And diving into certain things may not be the healthiest thing unless you're in control. Oh, absolutely. Especially considering, like, I won't go into everybody in my house because uh, I think only one so far has been uh, saved from having to have mental health issues. Uh, we'll just go into mine, ADHD, PTSD, severe depression, um, ODD. Yeah, I think that's about the majority. So... Don't and and for those of you who are listening, who are the kind of people that and don't get me wrong, I know a lot of listeners that listen to this to these shows really do enjoy the content, but there are a small few that listen to this as a way of ridicule and looking at others to judge and finding things to kind of poke and prod and judge about. What I'm stating on here 
I will tell to people that I am comfortable with. So the fact that I'm deciding to go on the internet and speak about my personal feelings, condition, and mental health, just understand I've come to terms with it. So there is nothing you can say, nothing you can bring up from my past that I cannot be in control of and understanding with anymore. There is none. Look, the VA has tried to kill me multiple times. I've tried to kill myself, and other people have tried to kill me besides the VA. So I'm still here. If y'all want to take shots at me, by all means, go ahead and take shots at me. You, you ain't going to bother me too much anymore. Well, when it comes down to it, it's just it's being able to find the kind of help, to find the kind of mental clarity to get to the point where you now are under the understanding that now you are not alone. You now have people that look toward, look to you and you look towards and you help each other and you go through life helping each other. And there are others that maybe you don't reach out to online, that you reach out in person and you speak with them. I have more than enough resources and people at my back than I'll ever need. So the fact is, the internet being what it is, yeah, good luck. Because unlike a lot of people, if I needed to take care of my mental health, I, without issue, can take a break and come back. And regardless of how many people are there, the people that know me knows that, I'm, that I'll be coming back and will be there waiting for me. Everyone else, they're just looking for entertainment. Don't get me wrong, I appreciate every single one of you. But I understand that life has a way of turning and it never stops regardless. And people might lose interest. People might even lose interest with this episode, with me and Recon being upfront and honest about what we deal with on a mental issue basis. Doesn't matter. I'm not hiding from it anymore. And I'm hoping that this episode and what we've shared in this episode helps you go out and understand that you're not alone when you are dealing with something. That you have the courage to reach out and find that help, the therapist, that friend, that loved one. That you can sit down and be completely 100% honest with. And get the help that you need. And I feel that with that being said, we're just going to wrap it up here. Because I believe the message has been said long enough. And when we come back this coming Sunday, it will be hopefully on a much higher and lighter note. But this midweek episode, we would only have brought to your attention as, as well as others uh, if it wasn't on something that was very important to myself, to Recon, and to our friend Greg, who brought this subject up for us to talk about. So thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Greg, once again. You are the man, you are the legend, and if you ever feel like you need to reach out and talk to somebody, please do so. You know where I'm at. You know where Recon's at. We got you, bud. Absolutely. All right. And for those of you listeners out there, I hope you have a fantastic Wednesday. Me and Recon, we will see you on Sunday's episode.